0: This podcast hands you the keys to scaling revenue in the SaaS and tech industry fast. Join Mike Williams, CEO of Jetstream Revenue Growth, as he talks with tech and SaaS business leaders who share proven approaches on how to get your revenue to take off. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Jetstream Podcast. This is our first episode in our new podcast where we're pivoting to talk about revenue growth. Today's guest is Jordan Hamilton from Pronto Forms. Uh, we're really excited to have him. He's the director of marketing uh, for the team over there at Pronto Forms. Uh, we had a great conversation. And just to highlight some of the things we talk about, uh, he talked about the team being a key to your success. Uh, and one of the great quotes that came out of that, uh, he thinks it, it's credited to Albert Einstein, but the quote is, creativity is intelligence having fun. And I think that's such a great way to look at your team. Uh, and I think you should be having fun in marketing and you certainly should be creative. Uh, really, you should be creative. Uh, and it's important to have uh, a team that's having fun. Uh, and that team in part will uh, contribute to your success as a company. The other thing he talks about is over-communicating. And I think this stems from Jordan's ability as a strong leader to over-communicate throughout the organization. Marketing doesn't happen in a silo. So we've got a marketing has to spread across Sales, revenue, product, uh, you know, even HR. Uh, you've got to over communicate and make sure that that message is getting to all the edges of the organization to ensure that everyone is on the same page. And Jordan dives into account-based marketing, and it couldn't be more important with account-based marketing to over communicate, especially between your sales and marketing teams. You want to make sure that your sales and marketing teams are working together, and it's not sales versus marketing that it truly is sales and marketing. And Jordan talks about a really great uh, industry niche strategy. So think about the niche strategies within your business. He talks about Google not being the only place to optimize for and dives into a couple tactics and strategy specific to the SaaS space. Uh, So listen in when he does talk about that, because I think this is a really valuable tip. And although it may not play directly over to your business, it is really important uh, to think about what that industry or niche strategy is uh, for you. And then lastly, Jordan talks a lot about reviews and the importance of reviews. And we discuss it and dive into a little bit of, of social proof and the importance of social proof on your landing page, but also uh, throughout. Uh, we wanna make sure that uh, we are convincing users to buy or, or purchase our product or service and that's really uh, the convincing happens in those reviews and that social proof. If people feel like they're a part of something, they will uh, you know, want to buy or purchase the product because it relates to them and the people, their peers uh, are also buying that product or service. So uh, really listen in when we, when we do discuss that, but really excited to talk with Jordan. Uh, it was a great conversation and I think you'll enjoy the podcast and be able to pull out some great tips uh, and then find him on LinkedIn and chat with him. Uh, As well, so thanks for being here. Really excited about this episode, uh, and looking forward to you listening in and learning uh, all the things that Jordan has uh, learned over his uh, career at Pronto Forms. All right, welcome to uh, the first episode of the Jetstream Podcast, uh, where we're talking about revenue growth. Uh, Really excited to have our guest here today. We've got uh, Jordan Hamilton. He's the Director of Marketing at Pronto Forms. Thanks so much for being here, Jordan. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, Looking forward to jumping into it.
0: Yeah, awesome. So a little bit about Jordan. Uh, Jordan is a B2B SaaS uh, marketing leader who has driven the growth of of one of Ottawa's fastest growing B2B SaaS organizations over the past five years. Jordan has ascended from SDR to director in just five years through seven unique roles along the way. So a few steps in that journey. Uh, a career journey that has been propelled, propelled by an unrelenting business process, processes, sorry, unrelenting business processes curiosity and a dedication to continual learning, which is so, so important as a, as a digital marketer uh, and anyone to anyone in revenue growth. Uh, while managing the full stack of marketing functions and outcomes for the organization, Jordan led the Pronto Forms marketing team to best performance in marketing award at the 2019 best of Ottawa business award. So congratulations on that award. Uh, and again, thanks so much for being here, Jordan. I'm really excited to uh, dig into this conversation.
1: Oh, thanks for the the intro. Um, it was a great ride that I've been at Toronto been very fortunate to be part of a great organization that invests in growth. I um, mean, it's been a really great experience to see the, the growth over the last five years, almost doubling um, in size in that time, so it's been a really great ride, um, and uh, looking forward to the discussion today. Awesome, amazing! Uh,
0: if, if you if you don't mind,
1: if you could just tell us a little bit about Pronto Forms,
0: what you guys do, and uh, uh, who you work with.
1: Sounds great. Yeah, so Pronto Forms is a low-code application platform. We specialize in field service. So essentially, what we do is we provide the ability for organizations uh, that are in you know, the manufacturing space, utilities, oil and gas, uh, medical device manufacturing as well, the ability to create custom apps for their field technicians. Uh, so providing all kinds of business value in terms of agility, um, speed to value when uh, just deploying all kinds of custom business processes. So it's been a great ride, as I mentioned, and um, typically our customers are spread across, um, you know, the industries that I mentioned. And um, yeah, that's uh, a quick overview of Pronoforms.
0: Awesome, and so Pronto Forms is is based in uh, Toronto, uh,
1: Ottawa. Based in Ottawa. Ottawa, Uh,
0: but you service all of North America, all over the world?
1: Yeah, typically we focus on North America. And of course, as organizations expand their footprint with the solution, it tends to go geographic uh, from there to uh, other areas of the world, but uh, focus from an execution and go-to-market standpoint is in North America. Awesome, great.
0: Uh, all right, so, so diving into this, we're, we're talking about revenue growth, and of course, you're going to have a marketing uh, perspective to bring to this. What, what are the three things on your journey at Pronto Forms uh, that you've learned about revenue growth? Uh, what really works, and, and you know, how did you accomplish the growth you have accomplished?
1: Great. So the top three, I would say, um, is number one, growth is a team game. It's a team sport. I mean, if you look at the uncertainty in any marketing portfolio, and certainly us marketers have experienced that over the past uh, 12 months or so, what really is going to drive your success is the team that you have uh, behind you. And um, one thing that we like to say on a marketing team is creativity is intelligence, having fun. Um, So I think what you need to really do as a marketing leader is foster an environment where there's collaboration, where there's candor, right, is very important when you're talking through different marketing concepts. And and really, I think that will allow you to execute strategies on a dime, um, an ability to um, just think creatively, right? And the only way you can do that is if you create a team um, where they're genuinely having fun and genuinely collaborating in good spirit. Um, The next one is over communicating. So uh, it's one of the mantras of our team. We all know in, in B2B SaaS, particularly, there's all kinds of changes and we're juggling many things at once right and it's a bit unrealistic and this is something that we learned fairly recently to expect that across the organization that there is buy-in and an understanding of all the different balls you may have in the air at any given time so we took it upon us at the beginning of 2020 to really over communicate and uh, it might seem counterintuitive to the Zoom fatigue that we're all reading about, but it really is worth it uh, to jump on meetings as much as you can with other departments to get that buy-in and make sure that they understand what you're working on. Um, you know, you can have the greatest uh, go-to-market strategy and greatest campaigns out there, but um, until you have buy-in from the rest of your organization, you're really missing out on a key lever. Uh, for pronoforms that means 100 plus employees um, sharing, contributing, and adding to our campaigns, which is just um, such a key um, lever, as I mentioned, that you can use uh, is as your disposal to increase the effectiveness of your campaigns. Um, and then the last one, and we'll speak to this a little bit more, I think it's a good segue to get into uh, the discussion here is we're very much an advocacy focused organization and marketing team. So, you know, your customers themselves, fostering, identifying, uh, looking at the journey of your customers to try to find um, where there might be avenues for advocacy, your customers are going to be your best CRO, your best market research, your best sales team. Even uh, if you can curate that uh, those advocacy moments and use them along your demand gen um, in an effective way, so we can talk about that a little bit more because I know we're going to refer to a few ABM tactics to be deployed at Pronoforms as well.
0: Awesome. That would be yeah, my these, top
1: three.
0: Awesome. These are these are great, and I, I love that you brought up team. Uh, It's so important. Uh, And I love this quote, creativity is intelligence having fun. I haven't heard that before.
1: Is that a, is that a Jordan Hamilton quote or does that come from somebody? I don't think I can take credit for that. (laughs) I think that was uh, a guy with uh, slightly better hair, Albert Einstein, I believe he came up with it, but uh, yeah, I've never heard that. that.
0: That, that's, I, I love that quote. As soon as I saw that, I was like, it makes sense. And I think it's awesome. And I'm definitely going to borrow that. I might have to find out if it was Albert Einstein that officially said that. But, Don't uh, quote
1: me on that, but uh, <laughs> I think that's what it was. But.
0: Yeah. But I love that you said team because, you know, no one succeeds on their own, whether it's the founder, the CEO, the director of marketing, uh, you know, even, you know, the graphic designer, there's a support team all around uh, that's working together. Uh, and, and so I'm really glad that uh, you brought that up. And one of the things you mentioned, was that high level of candor. Um, I can't remember, oh, Ray, Ray Dalio talks about radical candor. How do you actually implement that? And how do you deal with that, especially when new people come on and you have this high level of candor that may be sometimes a little bit jarring or shocking to people?
1: I, I think you need to set the expectation from day one, right? Um, and when you have ideas that get brought up, it's important to consider it, but then also to prevent dude sorry to present other opinions right and I think that really starts from the leadership uh, group um, and bringing all the way down right so if uh, there's someone who's you know maybe an entry level or a new employee um, when they bring up an idea you have to be very careful with that but you can kind of set the scene in your internal meetings um, especially at the leadership uh, level where um, present an idea but be very open to feedback and I think um, if you get into the radical candor books, it's really about how you accept that feedback that makes the biggest difference. Um, so not being defensive um, when your oper- when your idea is challenged, mm. and really focusing on the idea itself. Um, you know, attack the idea but not the person, right?
0: Yeah, I think I love that. I I always say like, let's put this on the table and someone's idea, and then separate it from the person and talk about the idea, not the person. Really hard to do Very as a hu- do. as a human. <laughs> right?
1: Um, and it's and, on and, both sides. It's, it's receiving yeah. feedback and delivering feedback where um, you need to be very careful. But again, you assume good intent. Um, and like I said, you have to have that abstraction between the concept that we're discussing. And uh, of course, the human, and there's all kinds of complication and variables there. And it's yeah. very difficult to separate.
0: Absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure uh, over communicating uh, would help through that, uh, but I think it's really interesting that in 2020, of all times to do it, uh, you chose to over-communicate, uh, you know, and obviously dealing with a lot of Zoom fatigue. Uh, what What has that, that been like to, to you know, take on a challenge of over-communicating in a time when we can't connect personally in person as
1: much? It's been interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> I, and I, I can't tell you how many days uh, where I've had the exact same sales deck or the exact same pitch. um, If I'm talking about a campaign and I've said at the same times, four times in a day, right? Just to different groups. Um, So that's, uh, it's a bit to wrap your head around in terms of, you know, is this really an efficient use of my time? Uh, But you really need to be thinking about the outcomes and buy-in because really that multiplier effect of having, um, not just from a promotion standpoint, I mean, we all know the crowdsourcing effect of having multiple different members of your organization on social media, right? Um, So that's certainly one piece of the puzzle, but really seeking different perspectives from the campaigns that you're running is is the most valuable piece, right? And if they're not aware of what you're working on, and we all know that things are changing so quickly these days, um, you just need to keep everyone uh, in the loop with what you're doing so that uh, there aren't these disconnected pieces of your organization um, so important, when we're working uh, remotely that everyone's on the same page and understanding where the organization is going.
0: Yeah, and, and just on, on your third point, you know, you, you're talking about advocates are your best, you know, the, the best for your for your marketing, your sales team. Uh, I, I kind of look at it as like, you know, a, a client works through, or a potential customer works through the funnel, they get you know to the bottom of the funnel, they become a customer. If you can take them from, they didn't know about you to being an ambassador, an advocate, for your business. I I think that's really amazing. And what I'd like to do is just talk about how you do that. What are some of the tactics uh, that you use? You mentioned uh, ABM or account-based marketing. What are the some of the things you do to bring people through the funnel to they never heard about Pronto forms to becoming that advocate and really becoming a part of your marketing team? Uh, How do you do
1: that? Yeah. And there's a few ways to answer that question, but I will say, um, it starts with having a great product that delivers real value to your uh, to your customers. Very fortunate here at Pronoforms that whenever we solicit, you know, whether it's an email campaign or something along the customer journey, some sort of touch point for a check in with our with our customers, we don't really have to parse those reviews, right? So if we're doing a review generation campaign on something like Captera, uh, we're very fortunate that uh, it's generally very positive, and I think that starts with having a great product and a great go to market um, or a great value to product fit, right? Um, So that would be number one, Um, of course, a great support and customer success organization um, fit right in there as well in terms of providing value and, and dealing with the potential friction points across the journey of a customer. But it really starts there is that looking at the journey of the customer and trying to find areas for excitement or areas where they might be embarking on a new endeavor as a, as a customer or exploring a new way to leverage the product. I mean, that curiosity is a point or a touch base where you can check in with that customer. And then the next piece is then, once you have those moments across the customer journey, where do you allocate them? Um, when we talk a little bit more and we'll go into referral marketing uh, a little bit later in the discussion, but we really see advocacy reviews as a currency. Um, and if you look at the digital marketing landscape, the competition is increasing like crazy. Mm. And it's one of your one of your easiest and most effective ways to differentiate yourself as an organization is having great reviews. And it can actually increase your ef- efficiency of ad spend um, across some of the paid channels that are increasing exponentially as we get through this pandemic, and marketers are taking their budget and putting towards more digital channels.
0: Right, and so so to get those good reviews what are you What are you doing for that or how are you managing that? And I'm assuming there's some not so good reviews in there as well, how do you deal with that?
1: I think for for negative reviews, the best thing to do is, is to respond to them, right? Uh, put it out there, um, seek to, of course, um, if you can remediate the issue and then uh, ask uh, for that review to be taken down, I think that's the best case scenario, but um, it's okay to not have uh, all five out of five uh, reviews as well, right? When we look at um, a listing on Amazon, right? Uh, if you're, you're looking to buy a, commuter, a computer monitor, right? You're not gonna look for the one, maybe that has 5.5. It doesn't actually invoke um, as much trust as maybe a 4.8, right? So there's beauty and imperfection. When we look at uh, volume of reviews that they don't all need to be five star and actually it's sometimes better if they aren't.
0: Right, right, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It almost seems more real. Uh, and gives it a, a certain level of legitimacy. And it'd be interesting to know what that number is, where it drops, right? Like a 4.8 is great. You exactly. Know, is, a, is a 3.6 detrimental? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so talk a little bit about re- referral network uh, strategy, because this is something that, that you've said, you know, if you're only optimizing for Google, you're doing digital marketing wrong. And I think that's really, really uh, great advice, but also so different for every different industry. Not everybody has, you know, a, a G2 crowd or, uh, you know, some, you know, a trip advisor where they can go to, but, you know, certainly looking in each industry for uh, it's not necessarily the search engine, but the, the platform or the portal or the, the, you know, network where these things happen. But can you just talk a little bit about that and, and what some of your effective strategies have been around that?
1: Yeah. And of course, Look, our frame of reference is from Pranaforms' perspective, but uh, I would say if you're in SaaS and you're only optimizing for Google, you're definitely doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, what we look at is for some of your high value keywords, you you need to not just look at the SERP as it pertains to your domain, right? So when we look at mobile forms or forms automation in our space are, are two kind of root words. Yes, Pranaforms.com might show up in a paid ad and, and And we always aspire to be as high as we can on Google uh, for those keywords organically, but more often than not, there will be these referral networks that will come in and they have authority, right? And, and if they're going to create a category around your term, you need to embrace that. And what the, the great thing about that happening is that you can then optimize for these platforms, right? So the G2 crowds, the Capteras of the world, and, what's great about that is that they're not big G they're not Google right and Mm. they're a bit more receptive and more relationship based Um, and if you work with the representatives from these organizations we've actually been able to create categories for our product that really really suit our domain right so when we originally started investing in this referral network in a serious way uh, going back maybe three or four years ago now um, I'll give you a quick anecdote Um, there was a category called forms automation And that's a pretty broad concept (laughs) when you look at our space, right? We had uh, Pardot's of the world, right? Because on a web form, on a website, they can orchestrate that through automation, right? But our space pertains to the mobile side, right? So native apps for field technicians, they're delivering what used to be paper forms. That's a completely different concept. Now, our space is very, very competitive. There's all kinds of different vendors uh, that we're competing against and What typically happens with our space is when we latch onto a keyword or a concept, the competition gets driven up up like crazy, right? It's very competitive. So what we were looking at is uh, a great category for us. We saw some great signals from the forum automation space, but from a user experience, there was a a gamut of different types of vendors. So it wasn't a great experience as as traffic as far as G2 Mm -hmm. Crowd is, is concerned. So we said, look, you need to divide these out do a forms automation category, leave the, the pardots of the world out there, but what about creating a mobile forms automation category? Mm. And, you know, of course they'll go back to the research team and, the, and they'll come back to you. Uh, and really, you know, what you need to do as a vendor is show um, in from other channels how competitive these keywords are. Um, so I pulled up as an example, the Google search terms uh, bidding and, and how that increased over time. And of course, G2 crowd would love that, right? Um, So they ended up creating that category. And and once we had our G2 crowd mobile forms automation category, you go to Capterra, you go to the other vendors and you see if you can start carving that niche in other markets. So we were able to get a good first mover advantage uh, just by working with the vendors and helping them think from their perspective, what would provide most value for the traffic that's coming to their website.
0: Yeah, I love that. I I think that's so smart uh, and really a great tactic. And you know, we, we talk a lot about digital marketing. We talk about search and social and paid ads and display and email and all these things. But these are the things in the niches that, you know, maybe uh, more people need to look at. And, and so there's, you know, it's not that's not really business development. I think that's just savvy uh, marketing, savvy sales. Uh, and I just love that tip. I think that's so smart.
1: You, you have to be creative, right? And, yeah. and when you look at those those uh, pages, there's the two notions again, right? So you, there's what you earn and what you rent. So we talked about reviews as a currency. What typically happens is that you're now dispersed against many different categories across, you know, the various different Capteras of the world. Here at PronoForms, we're probably in, I would say 15 different categories um, across the, the gamut of these different vendors. So it becomes a game of allocating your advocacy in a smart and savvy way to mm-hmm. get ahead of your competitors because we all know consumer behavior will tell you that if there's a vendor that might be in third position with a hundred views, you know, even if someone's at first position and they only have 20 you're more likely to go down and click that third review, right? So you can earn your reviews. It's kind of that mm. if you go back to the um, PPC versus uh, organic on yep. yeah. SERP, there's the, what you earn and what you rent on these referral networks as as well. Right. You, you pay for your position on the page, but you'll actually get efficiency in ad spend if you actually earn those reviews over time and get more than your competitors.
0: Right, yeah, so so smart. Uh, there's so much complexity to this and each industry is a little bit different. Um, stepping back a little bit, I wanna kind of talk a little bit about account-based marketing again. You know, you're the director of marketing. I'm assuming there's a head of sales or director of sales or a chief revenue officer. How do you work together to tackle accounts from a marketing and sales standpoint so that it becomes sales and marketing, not sales versus marketing or marketing versus sales and get that kind of knocking of heads. Can you, can you just talk a little bit about how you've addressed that problem, especially specific to account-based marketing?
1: Yeah, that, that's a, a great point. And um, of course, every organization, no one has that fully figured out. <laughs> uh, and I think they'd be lying to you if, if, and that, <laughs> that friction is healthy, right? Uh, it does sure. uh, keep everyone accountable. Um, I think, as far as Pronoforms is concerned, I certainly benefited from starting in the sales organization, so uh, I was one of them, and then I moved uh, to marketing, which certainly um, helped, but, uh, you know, all all kidding aside, it's really about alignment and making sure that we're uh, going hand-in-hand. I think, fundamentally, there's all kinds of different definitions Um, of ABM out there, Um, Mm -hmm. everyone has their own definition, um, varying from company to company, but I think it's terminus and and don't uh, quote me on that. It could be wrong, but uh, it's simply put the orchestration between sales and marketing um, on the same accounts, right? And um, it's just targeted marketing that's very much aligned. So I I really believe that it starts there. Um, And for us, when we started looking at deploying an ABM program, we actually consulted with Gartner analysts. So we were mm-hmm. engaged with Gartner um, at the back half of, I, I believe it was in 2018. And we were looking at uh, a new way to generate revenue and, and kind of looking at um, flipping our funnel, if you, if you want to speak the ABM um, speak. And we laid out a plan that had the gamut of your typical tactics and tools, whether it be personalization, um, using programmatic or intent data. Um, but what was also on that was a little bit of a creative approach. Um, and it may not work for every organization, but um would love to speak a little bit more about uh, one of our um, key success stories in the ABM space. Um, and uh, yeah. for us, it's, you know, we're a hundred employee organization. Um, and it was actually what ended up uh, winning that submission, as you mentioned, off the top for our uh, best performance in marketing in Ottawa uh, award was actually this ABM program. So the headline is, you know, how does a 100 employee organization secure a public branded customer success story from a Fortune 500 organization? And uh, for us, that means Johnson Controls. So at the time, it was one of our largest um, organizations. And when we were building out the ABM program, we had an idea and it was a bit of a hypothesis that the users of our product, typically we go through line of business. Um, There'll be one champion, one functional use case that sees a lot of value from the solution. But then we tend to kind of pop into different use cases in geos as we grow, uh, and then maybe it'll hit critical mass and, and go towards IT. So for us, we wanted to accelerate that process. And we said, who is this individual, this line of business leader that is using our product and kind of pioneering it inside this massive organization? And how can we empower them to speak to what they're doing and the value and the why that they actually built out this solution? So we ended up working hand in hand and, you know, our marketing team, you talk about that alignment between marketing and sales. It took a lot of trust from our mm-hmm. sales um, side of the fence to say, sure, marketing, you can go talk to our customers and you can um, engage with them and find out how you can develop communications programs for them to see values and for them to look like a hero within their own, own organization. So the play was, not necessarily to try to advertise to a big organization like Johnson Controls, but to elevate the champion, provide them with resources so that they can then go through the organization, really look like a hero. Um, and you know what these personas typically don't have is access to marketing expertise. They don't have graphic designers. They don't have copywriters. They don't have the ability to stand up a webinar uh, or to develop a video. So. What ended up happening is over time, we started elevating a few of the key champions in some of these larger accounts, and we've developed it with uh, different accounts as well, where you start developing that trust. First, you might build a one pager for them on how they've used the the product over time. Then you might do a webinar where you're interviewing that individual. And if you put enough care into that process, uh, you end up developing that trust. Um, Mm. And for us, that ended up being um, a referral to the marketing team, and they basically said, if you guys want to put a full-on customer success video, come to our headquarters. You know, shoot uh, everything that you want. And and for us, we were able to interview all of the different personas involved in our product, from you know the executive sponsor to the actual field user to the administrator of our of our product. You know, the one actually building forms and solutions. So for us, that was a really really great win. And it's been something that yes, it's not the most scalable thing in the world, but it's been uh, some of the highest return and. Um, you know, with the high touch, you, you certainly get a high return uh, for ABM program development.
0: Yeah, and I think that's such an interesting point you, you just made about, you know, being scalable and some, you know, in the digital world, we tend to always think in terms of scale, 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 but account-based marketing is is kind of the opposite of that anyway. We're very getting very focused and the more focused you get, the more time you have to do the things like the uh, the things you were you're doing uh, here to make this happen. Uh, and so I think that focus is another thing that's really, really important. And it it almost sounds like what you're doing is is product marketing or like product management. How closely does the product team get involved uh, in marketing um, at Pronto Forms?
1: There's certainly. I mean, you talk about that over communicate. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> we're hand in hand uh, at least once a week, right? And and part of that is whenever you we talk about and I think I like in the conversions here because we just discussed advocacy and, and really that is where it starts, right? So mm-hmm. um, those signals and and the collection of advocates, advocacy, whether they be, you know, customer references or reviews, that really is where you start for getting that signal of, you know, the marketing team will interpret, um, hey, there might be an opportunity to take this piece of information and put it into a campaign. But of course the sales team needs that signal. The CSM team needs that signal. And of course the product team also has a different perspective on that. You know, is this related to a product functionality that I can either increase the imp- importance of and continue on development, or is there a gap that we need to look at? Um, so for us, it, it's over communicating, sharing, and as it pertains to someone like Johnson Controls, as I mentioned earlier, the it's just such a large customer for us. So any input that we get needs to be populated around the organization. So there, there's certainly collaboration there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and again, speaks to your point about team. And, and, you know, as you said, over-communicate, over-communicate, (laughs) over-communication. So, so, so important, makes a ton of sense. And I think that's really the definition of what leadership is, is repeating yourself over and over and over. It feels counterintuitive, but I think it is absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, uh, Jordan, you, you uh, recently took part in one of my polls, if I can switch gears a little bit here and dive a little bit deeper into uh, some marketing tactics. Uh, on LinkedIn, I ran a poll talking about the most important part of a landing page, uh, and there's a couple of different elements there, and people were pretty strongly uh, gravitating towards some of the other things like call to action or unique selling proposition, uh, and you actually say you're on team social proof, which and there's so much psychology in this, and I, I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, can you just explain why you're all about uh, social proof and why you feel, well, maybe you're not all about, but why you feel strongly about social proof at the landing page?
1: Uh, always the contrarian. Uh, I like, I like <laughs> a good debate. Yeah, uh, But no, it was a really great question. Of course, it's very difficult to go against unique selling propositions yeah. uh, on a landing page. And I don't think any marketer would ever pick one uh, when they were building one. But if you had to uh, force a choice, I picked social proof because... I think that's the way that modern consumers are orienting them, themselves. I mentioned earlier that I'm in the market for a computer monitor, and mm-hmm. I go right to the reviews, right? And yes, there's all kind of technical jargon, and and uh, all of these organizations they have their own ways of spinning what they do, and um, you know UHP versus uh, UHD, sorry, versus um, standard HD. And uh, I think the average consumer they want to hear how that's reflected from a like-minded peer, right? And if you're able to articulate that effectively, then I think you're already in the mind of that consumer building that trust. And then the other piece uh, as a contrarian is I could say that a well curated review or series of reviews can actually orchestrate that unique selling proposition, right? right? What better way to explain what you do than through the voice of the customer and through their view of how they see value Um, to the product. So uh, that was my contrarian rebuttal.
0: Yeah, no, I I love it. And, uh, you know, I'm learning more and more about all these, I don't want to call them psychological tricks, but just some things that we can't fight. There's a book uh, called Influence. I'm forgetting the author's name. I don't know if you've read it. Uh, But he talks about this, like, you know, social proof, something as simple as like reciprocity. Like if I give you something, you feel like beholden to give me something back. All these things, even when we know they're happening, we can't fight them. But I totally relate to your example. Like when I'm looking for a product, you know, I don't really care that much about the specs. Uh, what are the, what do people say that are using this? And it, and it, you know, it, it's something about being included as well There's almost like a tribal nature to it of like, well, all these people like it. So I want to be in that crew and I need this product. So it's an interesting uh, psychological tactic that's at play.
1: And I think that's a good lesson as marketers, right? I think we get so caught up in which word makes sense, right? And, and how are we going to elegantly articulate our value prop in X amount of words? But I think if you you maybe turn the mirror or turn the microphone, as I, I should say, to your customers, uh, oftentimes that's the source of truth where um, they'll get they've already gone from uh, point A to B and, and they can tell you how they did it, right?
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, Well, I think this has been uh, great, Jordan. I really appreciate all the uh, knowledge you've shared. I'm sure that our audience uh, will uh, appreciate listening to it. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. I also wanted to just give you an opportunity to share if there's anywhere that uh, people can follow you, find you, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, TikTok, whatever you're up to, where can they find uh, Jordan Hamilton?
1: Uh, I'm a LinkedIn guy, so uh, please feel free to connect. Uh, I always love talking shop and, and love talking marketing. Um, so you can just uh, look me up, Jordan Hamilton at Pronoforms. You should be able to find me there. Um, if not, uh, you can search um, using the LinkedIn parameters, one Jordan Hamilton. I'm happy to connect and uh, love having open discussions on marketing.
0: Awesome. Well, it's been great to have you here, Jordan. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, and you and I will connect soon on LinkedIn and chat more. Uh, I'm Sounds sure great. about, yeah. Looking forward to your next poll. <laughs> awesome. All right, Jordan. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you very much. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Jetstream podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you have a revenue growth story to share, email us, info at jetstream.agency. We might have you on the show.